Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Oh, let's do it live on a Monday edition. The gang's back together. Merely Bo, the great Z. How you living, buddy? Well... Uh, you asked. Uh, I'm thrilled to be back with you. Sure, same. Thrilled to be back around my family. Yeah. But it's called Paradise Valley for a reason. <sighs> yeah. Because it is, it's awesome. Had a great trip out there. Big shout out to the cook, the kid, Simze, who just actually did a nice deal. and Got his uh, guy, Jonathan Jones, highest paid slot corner in NFL history. There you go. Going back to the Patriots on a two-year deal. It's a good job, Simze. But it was great. Unbelievable trip. Unbelievable weather. Yeah. Some of the best golf courses I've ever played. A couple of my favorites that I've ever played. Yeah. Uh, out at Troon. Um, we played Greyhawk, which is where the uh, NCAA men's and women's are. Okay. Their uh, championships have been 21, 22, and 23. And we actually played two groups behind uh, some of the ladies from Georgia. Okay. Getting ready for, the, like, all the college kids are coming yeah. out for practice rounds. It was awesome. It's it was a pretty just... good gig to play, like, Power 5 golf. Yeah. That's a pretty good gig. Like, I was just saying. It's high level. That, you like... got to be good. I'm not suggesting you don't. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, the notion of like, I never under, I never would. If you if you didn't tell me that, I would not know that like the men's or women's golf team from fill in the blank SEC, Big Ten, wherever school would just take a trip to Arizona to practice rounds. Like the oh, fact yeah. that, quite honestly, that 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 does the best job of anything that I've heard in the last two months on explaining what's wrong with the NCAA. This is a non-revenue sport. In fact, this sport is in the red. Golf's in the red in every way. I'm not going to poo-poo. This is no, 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 I'm not. No, no. This has nothing to do with you or the golf course or sure. anything. The notion that you would take money out of pocket against your budget to send a golf team to Arizona to play practice rounds is wild to me. And that's – when they think about that model, like they have so much money that comes in through football and basketball. Yeah. And they have to spread it out to everybody else to make it work. And for, because of that – they can't call football and basketball what it is, which is revenue-generating professional minor league sports. They can't call it that, so they have to spend it everywhere else, and that's an example of it. That's why I said it's a great gig. Like, yeah. as of right now, they get budgets as if they are making money. But even when I was at, like, Emory, yeah, we would go before, like, a big tournament and go play practice rounds. On a plane across the country? It was in the area. You drove, though. We did a lot of busing. Sure. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also Emory versus right, Georgia. Guess what? The Emory golf team and the Georgia golf team make the exact same amount of money. For sure. Not some things are loss leaders. <laughs> Nothing. So the NCAA, they're I all loss leaders except for football and men's basketball. I would imagine, though, that at, at some level, the fact that, like, like the their tournament will be – that tournament will be on television. It's on It's on television not because anyone's paying for it. It's on television as a throw-in. I mean, it's a pretty good TV. So you take what are we that's how it now? works. What is that? Do you have something going some on? Some construction, I think. Oh, it scared me. I thought it was maybe an alarm. Yeah, me too. Oh, we heard that there was. An, it felt like there was an alarm in the building, but I think it was construction. Yeah, it felt oh, like a faint. You know, we're sound continues to get louder by the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's great. And then you come back here and what? And I I made the vow in February. I'm not going to complain about the weather, so I don't want to do that. Um, but this is pretty damn cold awful. for this time of year. Yeah, awful. You know, like this time of year, the, the walk with Buddy Garrity this morning, he was not crazy about it. Snow oh, falling. Oh, this is terrible. 
and like the comeback from to flourish 75 and sunny every day where people are just like living their best lives like i told you that there's like when we were coming out of disney ridiculous. it was like and it was warm down there and it was yeah. like you come back and you're like i didn't know if it was better i think it's better to have gone than had not gone but almost like when you're in the middle of this it's better to just keep your nose down yeah and just keep stacking days until you get to better do the thing where you say oh this is how everybody else lives or not everybody but some live yeah. some well, either way smart People smarter back. than us. Uh, we had uh, the Buckeyes on Thursday and Friday. So we have not done a show since yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday. Right. Was the last time that we did a show. So there's been a lot going on. And just to get you up to speed on where you are in the league, because there's a lot going on with it, um, teams can engage in legal tampering as of noon today. And so there's been a lot of deals uh, already, none involving us. Not in terms yet. of free agency um, or in terms of former players that I've seen. Now, I acknowledge I was in the car for 35 minutes coming over here, and I didn't see anything. Uh, we'll get to the Watson restructure in a second, but I didn't see anything else. Was there anything I missed? For us? Yeah. No, just the report over the weekend that A.J. Green will be back on a one-year deal. Yeah. Um, exclusive rights free agent, and, yes, he definitely makes a lot of sense. Can play inside, outside, uh, good there. Um, and then – that there are reports that Sione Takitaki and the Browns are close and that Ethan Posick and the Browns are close. Both One of guy, those from Mary Kay, who from, will join us at 2 o'clock. That's right. Mary Kay will join us at 2. Oh, that's good. John Johnson to the Chargers, reunited with Brandon Staley and Jeff Howard with the Chargers. Uh, oh, well, that affects us. When did that happen in the last I, – I didn't see that. Yeah, that was reported early, maybe 1230-ish. Oh, Probably so when you're in the car. Yeah, it was yeah. in the car, so I missed yeah. that. So John Johnson back to the Chargers. Back with Staley. With Staley and in Jeff Los Howard. Angeles. Yep. And so he goes there. Okay, so, that, so that's that. somewhat our news. Uh, and then David Onyemata, who's a defensive tackle that the Browns were reportedly interested in. He was one of the guys that fit their profile. Uh, he signed a deal that will pay him roughly $12 million a year with the Atlanta Falcons. So cross him okay. off the list then. Okay. So there you go. So the, of those things, I was aware of all of them except for Johnson. The Johnson okay. one happened in the last uh, 45 minutes or so. So I okay. missed that one. So there's, yep. I did see the Deshaun Watson restructure. Uh, that was the big news this morning, converting the bulk of the $46 million base salary to a signing bonus and creating $36 million in cap space. Uh, Mary Kay's been all over this. I'm glad she's joining us at 2. Yoni Takitaki agreeing to the one-year deal. Ethan Posick likely to resign here, according to her. The Browns like to land a big-name defender or two early in the process. So she will join us at 2 o'clock. Good job out of you, Gibbet, and good job out of her joining us. It's very, very, uh, very welcome. Um, in terms of how this is going so far, and we'll get to the big – I'm sure – I'm going to – got to look at this. I get, came in hot. I just want to make sure – I don't want to step on everything. All right, so that's coming up next. So we'll get to the some of the other big trades have already happened, the quarterbacks that are all kind of blowing in the wind a little bit. Yep. Um, Take me. You're the associate associate to the assistant general manager. Huh. Give me the uh, give me the blueprint for today for AB. Well, I think obviously we know what the target areas are, and whether that ends up being in free agency or trade. Yeah, you get somebody on the interior of the defensive line. Hargrave would be at the top of the list. Draymond Jones probably close, and then a trade for DeForest Buckner. Now, if you don't end up getting that big of a swing, then maybe you're looking at you know a Sheldon Rankins later on, former first-round pick, as somebody that could kind of fit in there into that defensive tackle room at, at a more reasonable salary rate. Uh, you'd love to bring Ethan Posick back if the price is right. Um, you know, and then on offense, it's that speed receiver, and so you're looking at you know maybe a McCole Hardman. Uh, I think that you could be looking in, in trade 
trying to get free an Elijah Moore from the Jets, for example. Brandon Cooks from the Texans. Yeah. Um, Odell is, is still in the mix, according to everybody. We'll talk to Mary Kay about that as well. Uh, but I think that's that's really what you want to do. And, and then, you know, the edge, it feels like if you can add a good veteran as a situational pass rusher on a cheap one-year deal, you do that. But it feels like, you know, depending on how these days go, you know, we could get to the point where 42 is like locked in as an edge defender in what is a deep edge class. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's that's one of the ways you really could see this whole thing going. And, you know, I think Andrew Barry, I know that they are hard at work trying to lock some things down. Um, and we'll uh, we'll see how it ends up going. A little quarterback news. Jared Stidham signing a two-year $10 million deal with the Broncos, choosing to play for Sean Payton. He will be backing up Russell Wilson there. The um the Watson restructure, do you have a good handle on how these things happen and eventually? Because it looked like the cap number for him was sixty four, sixty four going forward. But is that all? Re- what's real? And what's not in the camp? None of it's real. Because I feel like there's uh, there's such a big deal of lack of understanding on how this is all done. And I understand it when it's uh I think the other thing is is okay fine if it's not all guaranteed money, but then that all of Watson's is guaranteed money. So how do you how do you sort through all of that? So it's just a, it's just a cap economics, basically. So it opens up thirty million. So his twenty twenty three salary cap number would have been fifty five million without the restructure. So the Browns shift it and basically shift it forward to sixty three point nine million for twenty twenty four, twenty five, twenty six. By the way, they're going to do this again, and then they're going to sign a whole new contract. And this is always what they were going to do. So this is something that is expected to happen quite a bit with him uh, and he'll you know they'll convert and take advantage of all the different things they can maneuver around with the salary cap to, to get it done I don't think they're done restructuring by the way I think they could easily restructure Amari Cooper I think Batonio could get restructured Miles could get restructured so we could make even more space this year but you're basically kind of kicking it down the can and and you add avoidable year at the end which is eight point nine six seven million that's obviously not going to happen they'll restructure it at some point and then sign another new contract and so the only way that you have because like the Bucks, the Saints, like teams end up having to pay the piper on this because they've done the same thing in yep. past years where you kick it down the road. Uh, but eventually the can hits the wall, and the only way to avoid the can hitting the wall is to do a whole new deal. Right. Otherwise, eventually you're going to have to pay for it. Yep. So that's the that's how that's how they'll get around with Watson is that Deshaun Watson is going to quarterback the Browns for a very very long time, yep. and so you can kick it almost forever with him. Mm-hmm. Is it's kind of the way it goes. The same would not be true of the other guys you mentioned where you wouldn't want to keep doing new contracts for them right. in perpetuity. But with Watson, it's one of those things where he's in his prime. He's going to be here another decade, God willing. And so that's how that works. I, I just wanted to go through that because I think I think there's confusion a little bit sometimes of you know what that means. And like people say, well, the salary cap's not real. It is. It is. It is. I mean, it isn't. It isn't, but it is. There yep. is a time. Everything does have does come home to roost yes, on it. He's going to get his money. Yes, he will definitely get all of it. Right. And they could end up converting some of it to a signing bonus so that they pay him up front on something. It will. There's a lot that they're going to be able to do um, and see how they ultimately decide about to go about doing that going forward. I think you can be, you know, it's fair to be critical of all sorts of things when it comes to uh, where where all of these things shake out. But one thing that in, in terms of this front office, but one thing that you can say unequivocally is they're really smart with money. Yeah. And they're really smart with contracts and they're always going to be flexible. They are never going to mortgage anything to where they are in a corner without a way out. Um, and that's something that 
that ought to, ought to let you sleep easy at night, that you'll always be able to be players in this because they're always worried about not only now, but three years from now, five years from now, making sure there's roster flexibility for a very, very long time around here. So that's yep. that is, that's one of the things. You want to talk about you know, receiver drafts or D-line drafts, whatever, fine, all of that. But this part is – uh, this part they're very, very good at when it comes to being malleable with the cap. Um, so that's where we stand right now. There are a billion things going on in free agency. Right now it does feel like we're kind of in wait and see. Um, there's there's the quarterback position, which is kind of holding the league hostage a little bit as we wait on a couple of things there. We had the enormous deal uh, with the Bears, which yeah. happened on Friday that we will get into. And they've already made two moves today. Yeah, and this was all of this worked quite well for them. Um, being in the position that they were in and the position of power. And, they hell, they could end up with the guy that they wanted anyway in the top three or four if Jalen Carter falls. Still might end up with him at nine. Um, There's a lot of ways they could go. And they got D.J. Moore out of the deal. So they've incredibly improved their their team in a hurry and have been very aggressive today. So there's a lot to get to on that front as well. Uh, Busy, busy sports weekend, busy NFL weekend. Good to have you back, my friend. It's good to be back. Um, and I'm excited to see kind of how this plays out. This is the start, obviously, of what this team is going to look like. This is the, yeah. the first chance to start building it, so I'm excited for that. But it's just good to be back with you talking some ball. And, I mean, we got so much to talk about. I, the Bears, I, I was like, whoa, when I saw that. I know we're talking about that next. We are. Yeah. It's exci- this, is, this is a fun time of the year. Yeah. This is a fun time of sure. football season. For sure. And you, if you think about how aggressive and how good, you know, so this is my sixth offseason, well, fifth offseason season. This will be my sixth season next yep. year doing it uh, with you. And in every every one of these, ultra aggressive from this front from this front office, from this organization when it comes well, to five years ago was, I believe, Odell. It was. Yeah. Yeah. We maybe come full circle on him. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, we're off and running. Lots of fun today on the program. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the National Football League. Join the Brown season ticket member waitlist today. The best chance to hearing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Uh, I got to tell you, I, I, we will get back to this NFL stuff in a second. One thing I want to get off my chest. Uh, we just got to pick a time zone, man. We got to pick one. Like you can't be doing this switching stuff. It's the worst. It, the, I, I am not a snooze guy. No. Alarm 6 a.m. as it does every day, and I'm like, it was pitch black, and I'm like, oh, stop. The bo- Bo- Bootsy was so sluggish this morning, he could hardly move. He's just dragging his butt everywhere he went, yelled at him several times to come down, wouldn't, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, so, and he was right. He goes, the only thing that, he goes, I think the only thing awake on me is my brain. And I said, well, that's debatable based on your performance over the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, but it's awful. Like, I don't care which one. I think this one I like more, more sunlight at night. This feels totally. To be the one I this like. is what we should be all the time, right? Whatever this and I is. know that like they tried to pass this through the Senate. Rubio's been trying to do this forever, and I think it did pass through the we, Senate. We talked about this last, last week yeah. because you were like, "It's done." I'm like, "No, I don't you were think right." Gibby was right. It's not done. I thought it was. It passed through the Senate, and then the it house. got bogged down again in the stinking House, sitting there, and it's just chilling. So the Senate reintroduced it today. They reintroduced it, or this Good. week. 
Pick one. I, I don't care. Either either stay in the other one or go to this one. I don't care. Stop monkeying around. By the way, another reason to love Arizona. They well, they just stay standard. They time. don't participate. Yeah. So they just stay standard time all the time. There's a couple of states that do yeah. that, that just stay standard it, all the time. Brutal. Like, yesterday morning I woke up and I was like, pretty good night's sleep. And then you remember, like, we sprung ahead. So really, oh, oh, it's... Hold on. Breaking news. Former Eagles defensive tackle Javon Hargrave has reached an agreement on a four-year $80 million deal. Includes $40 million guaranteed at signing with the 49ers. Well, that's not exactly let's do a, Let's set a set of rules on this. On the, on the I verified news. that it is. No, 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 no. That no? I'm not worried about. Okay. On the breaking news, yeah. I want you to say not Browns. breaking news, not us. Okay. Or not Browns breaking news. Okay. Because I don't. I was excited. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Breaking news was your quote. I thought, okay, we got something. And then, okay, fair to the Niners. Fair. So, well, that sucks. Throw the throw the 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 uh, disclaimer in right away, so that I don't. I'm not hanging on your every word. So you're not that excited. Yeah. Yeah. Moderate excitement. Well, it's fine. I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me because he's not coming here. Right. They have an embarrassment of riches on that D line anyway. I mean, Jeez. so I don't know what, By I mean, way, how much money here this year, 20 million a we'll year, year is pretty incredible. That is pretty good for him. That market is going to be steep coach. Well, I'll tell you what, it just makes it, honestly, if you end up, I don't know what kind of a trade you could pull off because the assets are not our strong suit in terms of draft picks, uh, but that would be, you know, the Forrest Buckner not necessarily looking so bad, as I would say. Draymond yeah. Jones obviously still in the mix for the Browns at the defensive tackle position. Sheldon Rankins, guys we mentioned like that. But how do you – you got Hargrave, Bosa. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're already dominant. They had one of the best D-lines in football before this. Before this. <laughs> The other thing it does for them is it takes away. I mean, those I think are the two best rosters in the NFC. Yeah, it hurts. And the... now you hurt the other best roster. Yeah, that sets that up. Um, lots going on. You want to do the? Should we do that? You want to do the Bears thing now, or do you want to do like some of the other movement that happened already or is happening? Let's do the Bears happened Friday, so let's use that. We'll use that at the yeah. end of the segment. Uh, Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins that happened yesterday in exchange for a third. Uh, and tied in Hunter Long. Um, so there were a lot of rumors the Rams are going to do this. This, to me, feels a lot like Amari Cooper for a fifth. Yep. Even maybe more so. I know that Ramsey last year wasn't what he had been, yep. but he's not that far removed either. This feels like nothing for him. It feels free. I, I Who is Hunter Long? No clue. Same. Um, a third and Hunter Long for Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, sure. Now, here's the thing. It really feels to me like this is a Miami Dolphins team that is all in uh -huh. and doesn't have a quarterback that it can count on to play more than a play. Unless. If he unretires again, come on. I'm just saying. I know. I, 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 I mean, know. doesn't it feel like that? It does. Mike you know? McGlinchey, by the way, it's not Browns news. Mike McGlinchey expected to sign with the Denver Broncos. It had been reported that he was going to the Bears by a fake Schefter. Now it looks like the Broncos, Adam Schefter, retweeting it. <laughs> Albright will join us at 2.30. And there, there's a lot of talk right now out of Denver that they are going to move one of their wide, wide receivers. receivers. Yeah, I see Graziano with that and um... – that one of those receivers could be in the mix as well. And Draymond Jones was in by, Denver too. So. By the way, Javon Hargrave confirming Adam Schefter's tweet. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't oh, there think you go. do that before 4 o'clock on Wednesday, but I just hey, just go ahead. He just go did. ahead and what find you, me. He can't stop him. Um, so there you go on that. A couple other things that have happened over the weekend. We mentioned the Ramsey deal. Uh, Deron Payne, who's a guy we mentioned right away, but then quickly I think we realized that it was going to be too too rich for our blood. Four years, $90 million, 28 guaranteed, 45 fully guaranteed. Jeez. He stays with the commies. He's the second highest paid interior lineman behind only Aaron Donald per over the cap. And Hargrave is now third. He's now third. Yep. Uh, Austin Eckler is asking for a trade. Request permission to speak with other teams. Adam Schefter with that. The Vikings released Adam Thielen, Mr. Zagura. So how crazy is it that you're Austin Eckler, Mm -hmm. that you have the second most touchdowns in the league period since for over the last two seasons behind only Devontae Adams. You have been a godsend for your quarterback out of the backfield. You are the leading pass catcher amongst running backs. Since you have started, you have produced the last two years 1,600 total yards you have produced 38 total touchdowns and they won't give you a contract because he plays running back now why did i raise my hand why am i does this make me nervous if i'm the Bengals, yep i'm moving on from joe mixon at this point and i would welcome austin eckler you're gonna go play man all over the place and then leave eckler one-on-one everywhere and they run a run scheme that suits his skills better i would be terrified about that so i'd rather have him stay with the chargers and not go don't you talk like that, Ricky Bobby. To the Bengals, that would be. There's already people making. That's one of the, supposedly. That's a. I would uh, rather not have him go to the AFC. I don't. Rather him not in our division. Yeah. Well, same. <laughs> but the other doing? thing. Don't try to will that. I'm not trying. I'm trying to unwill it. Maybe talk about it. It won't happen. But they threw to their backs the third most in the league. Yeah. And they could add the best receiving back in the league. Yeah. Why did the Chargers? You won't pay this guy. I mean, he is such a stud for them. Well, and he's beyond just a a standard. He's so much more than a standard running back. I mean, he's a yes. receiver. Right. It's what he is. Last two so. years, 177 catches, Jeez. 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns just as a receiver, 1,800 yards, and 25 touchdowns as a runner, four and a half yards a carry. Amazing. Um, we mentioned Thielen being released uh, by the Vikings over the weekend as well. The Eagles have given Darius Slay permission to seek a trade. Uh, Eagles have a lot going on. Uh, Brandon Graham is staying with the Eagles. I saw Jason Kelsey announcing as well that he's yep. coming back for one more year. Um, the Dolphins have informed quarterback Tua Tungavailoa they're picking up his fifth-year option. Uh, but still, that's a – I don't know. It doesn't feel like you'd put all – with the, the roster that they have, that you'd put all of your eggs in that basket with Tua and his health. That's what I'm saying. Seems crazy to me that you'd do that, and I don't – I don't, yep. They don't sense me as crazy people. Um, we mentioned uh, Baker Mayfield potentially being a target for the Buccaneers. Jacoby Brissett also potentially Correct. as well. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. Like, Bake, I could see Baker. Like, you think about what he did in Carolina last year. Like, he's a rah-rah guy, and he gets you to believe in camp. I mean, he did that in Carolina. That's how he won the job. And then it you just go to play, and then it starts to sort itself out. I wonder if he's a way for like people in Tampa to like get them to believe a little bit in what they're doing, and then at the same time, you know, they're trying to tank. They're going to be one of the worst teams next year's a year to tank. Yeah, so they'll be one of the worst teams anyway. So it kind of is a, it's kind of perfect in that role uh, for both of those needs. Um, the Raiders and Texans. I saw this as well. Easy, easy. 
Look out. It's an emergency. Charles Robinson sending out an emergency alert system from the government for the 49ers defense. As an accident, like somehow. That's, that's where that was. Yeah. So um, the Raiders interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. The Houston Texans interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, Perny and Rappaport. Good mentor. And also, in be, like if you're going to draft the kid from Florida. Right. You know, no, you, you need have, a bridge. Have right. Garoppolo for a couple of years there. Um, the Texans really blew it by beating Indy. It's really that simple. They they blew it as big as you can be. You blew it, boy. They went from controlling the draft to not. Um, they did sign Robert Woods, two years, $15 million on that. Uh, we're all waiting on Rodgers. He said it won't be long before he makes his decision about his future. Stay tuned during an interview with Brandon Marshall on his I Am Athlete podcast. It's either Jets or done. It's but just very do clearly, it. Like, Murphy's comments from last week in Green Bay, he has no interest in bringing him back. They have none. So it's just a matter of a, does he play for the Jets or does he play nowhere? Just, so just do it. Yeah, pick whichever one you want. Devin McCourty announcing his retirement after 13 seasons on Friday as well. And now the Bears pull the deal at number one. So this happened on Friday. They deal a number one overall pick to the Panthers in exchange for DJ Moore, which helps the Bears, A, in that he's a damn fine receiver. B, they had a salary floor they had to get to, and he's making $20 million, so now they can spend the $20 million and give it to him. They had to have somebody to give money to. They get the ninth overall pick in exchange in addition to um, a uh, a second-round selection. No, I don't think that that's right. It's ninth overall. It's 61, so that would be. Yeah, second-round this year. Yep. 61 this year, yeah. And then uh, first-rounder from them next year, and then a second-rounder in 2025. Now, the first-rounder in 2024 is the best – so even if the Panthers pick up another one, it's there. It's the best of the two picks they would have in the 2024 pick. So that I love is a this hell deal. of a haul for the Bears. I love this deal. Yeah. I thought it was a great, great, great deal for the Bears. Loved it. Uh, DJ Moore, I'm a huge DJ Moore fan. I think he's a stud. Obviously, you know, he struggled with the quarterback play that they had last year. Um, but I think he is a, he's a stud, and they are that's a great number one to give for Justin Fields. Or, you know, they have assets, and you give Fields a year, and if it doesn't work this year, you still are in a position where you can do something about it, if which it is a great If it doesn't work, trade. you're going to have two high picks next year. Right. Because so Carolina's going to take quarterback at one, so they're exactly. not going to be great. So you could have two top ten picks next year if exactly. you're bad again. Exactly. If Fields is great, you're going to have two first round picks to add to it. It's then a win for everybody. Right. You got a franchise guy, and you're done. Totally. Um, I mean, you think about what he played with at receiver the first year and a half, and I'm not a Claypool guy at all. No. Um, and I wouldn't have done that deal. I didn't like it when they did it. But now to have he is he can be competent. He's a big body target, right? So you now have him and more. You know, if two guys can work everywhere, on he the can fields, work everywhere and you can run it with fields. You can run it with Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. You've got. Yeah. You've and got, even if they I mean, at nine, you could get if whether you love Smith and Jigba or Addison, if, if you want to go receiver at nine, you could. Everyone's saying tackle. But like if you wanted to go receiver and just go bonkers with weapons. Well, they made a run at yourself right away and didn't get him. He ends up going signing a huge deal with the uh Bronco. So obviously, yeah, they want to improve that offensive line as well. But I think it's a weapons league, man. It's a weapons league. Yeah, I think you trot out. You got three weapons out there, and yeah, there's there's a lot to like um, with that with that situation. My, what they pulled off, my dad. <laughs> so he's texting me. I go, "Wow, Hargrave. Did the Browns get Hargrave? No, Niners. What? Go on the internet or turn on your TV." That's what I said to him. <laughs> Like, it's two starters from Philly you. that are gone, Hargrave and Edwards. Yeah, and that won't be the last one. It's just, yeah. it's it's hard for them to be able to to stay in, you know, on everything that they had. 
look, Hargrave, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me as much as we all wanted him. You, everybody wants the best player at every position. But the Browns, when you have a quarterback making what Deshaun Watson is making, you don't have the luxury of signing the premium, premium guys. You no. just don't. So you've got to be judicious. And that's why part of me wonders, you know, what are the Browns going to do with, you know, how are they going to allocate their money? And, and for example, let's say a guy like Ethan Posick. I would have a hard time believing the Browns would sign Ethan Posick to a pretty big deal, to have Batonio on a pretty big deal, to have Teller on a pretty big deal, three of them on the interior of your offensive line. That just doesn't make sense, not to mention Conklin. You're going to have to – and then Wills is coming up. So I wonder if, if – do we make a trade there? At some point, the reason you have Bill Callahan and you're making him one of the highest paid position coaches in the NFL is because he's able to take an Ethan Posick, who was before Correct. not considered anything, and make him great. Wyatt Teller was not a pro bowler until he started working with Bill Callahan. So isn't the – to me, it feels like that's an area to not spend money and rely on you know the Bill Callahan to – make guys better than they were yeah that's that's got i agree with you um i mean we'll mary Kay's gonna join us at two o'clock we'll ask her about the postic stuff and uh, I, I like him a lot but it would have to be at the right deal Go ahead. not brown's breaking news but affects our division former Steeler and a very good cornerback cam sutton signing three-year 33 million dollar deal with the lions who i think are going to be pretty pretty good yeah they're in a position Two, two nice picks. They got a lot that they can do. Uh, we'll take a look at some of the free agents that are out there for us, see if there's a fit, play a little fit or not a fit. With Dr. Z coming up, you'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk Serious Lawyers, Serious Injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Did you get a good scouting report on Arizona when you were out there on the Cats, the two seed? <sighs> nice two win seed over Cats. UCLA in yeah. the finals of the Pac-12 tournament. On the Pac-12. Yeah. By the way, there is nothing better than Pac-12 tournament basketball with Pash and Bill oh, well, Walton's, Walton's unbelievable. unbelievable. And Pash is, too, for like just playing it straight with him. And yep. Just, what did you do at halftime? So much fun. <laughs> it, it, it was great. Saturday night, like the wife went to bed early. Yeah. After the Mac game, I was watching Duke win the ACC title. Yep. And that game popped up after, and I'm like, I'm in for a half. Watch a little of this. Let's just for the just for it. Just yeah. Just for the comedy. And UCLA is a team of. I mean, they they have a big injury, but they're certainly a team of consequence. We Disclaimer: will, Browns not uh, assigning. But Mary Kay, who will join us at 2 o'clock, saying with the defensive tackle, Domino's falling, and Eagles' Javon Hargrave signing with the 49ers. Broncos' Draymond Jones, a Cleveland native, is still in play for the Browns' mutual interest. Can see it happening. Well, that would be good. We've talked about him a lot, so yeah. that would make, that'd make a lot of sense. And I know Tyvis Powell has been pushing for that for six months. Shy Tuttle, former Saints defensive tackle, signed a three-year deal with the Panthers. Three years, $19.5 million, 13 guaranteed. I don't know if the a, Browns, a shy Tuttle. I don't know if they were in on shy Tuttle or not, but there you go. Yeah, there do there you do go. There on, I on do a shy go. Tuttle. That's 
Thank God. Like As the cardiac kid there. says, there's some kind Browns of don't want a shy defensive tumble. tackle. That's right, cardiac kid. <laughs> All right, so you wait on you wait on Draymond a little bit, and we'll we'll see uh, we'll see where that goes. He yep. was a good player at Ohio State. Good player with the the Broncos, local yeah. kid. So that'd be a win uh, for everybody there. Um, Give a yes. You the uh, the Mac is great. So I want to ask you this real quick. You brought up the Mac game. The um, Kent State, State wins great. it. The do, why in, in Toledo? How important is Toledo athletics like it's for the everything. city? So that's why I was curious. It's I was everything. curious if that was like the one in the state where like because like Dayton's not that way with Dayton. They like Dayton basketball, but it's still the Buc- Flyers. You know? No, no, yeah. no, no. It's. Toledo is Toledo. So they like haven't been their, since their, their 1980. They have not been to the tournament since 80. Yeah. They've won the MAC the last three years in the regular season and have lost. And, and their coach decided to go off on a CBS sports reporter Friday night for asking about the drought. Like, what, <laughs> what would it mean? Well, that's a guy's job. And yeah. I, I will just say it's not the first time that that guy's gone off ah, the rails okay. on something as minor as that. How long has he been there? I don't remember. He was at Wisconsin Green Bay before that. Okay. All right. And so, it's not that he's not successful. They just can't win the championship. No, and all that matters, unfortunately, like I think that should be a two bid league a lot of years. Yeah. I don't I don't I think I, it shouldn't be automatic that they're just get one in. But you go sixteen and two in that league. They win a game in the tournament every year. I think Kent State's gonna beat Indiana. They can match up with that their sincere carry kid. They can they can absolutely beat him. Yeah, no question. I, I guards they got guards they can shoot it. Toledo had won seventeen in a row. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they can beat them. How about that? We saw a two seed. I know Marquette was ranked high, and mm-hmm. obviously they've had like. It makes me feel like this is wide open. It is. If that is yeah. one of that is a two seed, right? And they, they should have been the number one two seed because they're in the same bracket as Purdue. By the way, I like your Dukies coming out of there. Um, no, but, no help with the five. Starting to play some D though. Five no, isn't seed? that? Right, but you play you play the weakest four in Tennessee, who's without who's got the injury. Yeah, you got to get got to get by the twelve. Yeah, Earl Roberts is pretty good. That's a they scary got Kansas team a couple me. of years ago. Knowing my history got Ohio with State. Duke in the first yeah. round and choking. I think they've got both Kansas and Ohio State. Oral Roberts has in recent years, but I like great coming out of there. It is. Yeah, I the the I think Marquette could be got by Vermont, the Catamounts. Could happen. I think if somebody can, they had good size and the guard was good. The guard was really good and he shot it well. And they had they had a bunch of six eight guys. They're they're long, long, a little bit. They can play D. Yeah, they're they, a suffocating they defensive yeah. team. Yeah, they are. Um, but yes, we did see them play. So that all gets started on well tomorrow night is the first four and then the real tournament starts on Thursday. Um, but it was uh, that was fun. How many the, people are working on Friday, St. Patty's Day? Oh my God, it is, isn't it? NCAA tournament. It's perfect. I'll be on a golf course. Not us. By the way, I looked. I don't believe that we're going to chase the small ball in this look state. At, look at, look at, look at Gebe. You are sneaking out of here at the end of this week. Good it job of you. Are you staying here? Or are you, you're gone. No, he's going to the state of Nevada. Oh, you're going to there again. Oh, I love that trip for you. So you're going to, you're going out there. That's a win. Yeah, this is going to be. I mean, is it? Isn't St. Patrick's Day a company holiday? Should be. Should be. Yeah, I mean, it's it, a man. city holiday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's shut it down. What do we yeah. got to do? Uh, it's going to be me and you in here Friday anyway. Yeah. Just the two of us. No one else going to be here. By the way, we're not chasing the small ball in this state until, at least not in this region. And uh, it, You got nothing until April. 
No chance between now and April 1st. Literally none. I think you're being generous. It's so much rain, too. It's so wet. The two days that are in the 50s are going to be pouring rain. And then other than that, we're living in the 30s and 40s until April. Like, there is no reprieve. Oh, my Uh, gosh. It really is. Tomorrow's high is 30? Yes, dude. like 25, 30-mile-an-hour winds. It's like a significant wind chill. That's lovely. Not good. And then 50s at the end of the week, and then right back down. Yeah, you're going to have to get into that. Some 50s at the end. Boy, that's a pretty crummy March. You usually get 170. Yes, you get like a few couple of good days. So March was my – it's my birth month. I love March Madness. It was my favorite sporting event as a kid growing up. Uh, I always love Masters at the end of it, like all of it. Love it as a sports month, NBA winding down, so forth, so on. Uh, but but I will say since moving to Ohio in 07, uh, March has probably been my least favorite month because you feel like you've paid your price. I've done my time. Yeah. Right? I've done it. I've been through winter. We made it out alive. And then you look at March and you're like, why aren't why isn't there a day that's 72? And there just aren't many. Much of it's like this. Not this cold, but it's really 40s, low 50s, 40s. This is even colder than that. It's awful, You're just kind of locked in. It really it might be the worst month. We used to have, though, I feel like there would be a week in March every year that was, like, golfable. Absolutely. I at least one week. And now nothing. I go on. And Nothing. the weather a couple of years ago in Myrtle Beach was 40 degrees in rain, and it was 70 here and sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Not this time. No. And then the amount of precipitation we're getting is just going to make it a mess for a long, long time. The drainage is going to have to be right uh, to get this done. All right, let's play a little fit or not a fit with Dr. C and the Browns free agent Fitz, Draymond Jones. Absolutely, it's a fit. Again, Clearly. it just comes down to – do the Browns, it, it sounds like he's going to be pricey. This defensive tackle market is clearly expensive. Is he that much of a difference maker in their eyes? I, I, my guess would be that they're very intrigued, as Mary Kay has reported, uh, and she'll talk with us at the top of the hour. But, yeah, he makes a lot of sense for the Browns. Young guy, wants to come back here, wants to play for the Browns. He's from Cleveland, played at Ohio State, as we know, six and a half sacks last year. He's had at least five and a half sacks in three straight seasons. Like, that's a guy that can affect the game for the Browns in the interior in a, from a pass rushing standpoint. So, yes, I think it makes a ton of sense for the Browns. And if not, then you're talking, you know, Fletcher Cox maybe on a one-year deal uh, while you try to continue to develop your young guys like a Perrion Winfrey, uh, maybe a Sheldon Rankins, or maybe Cox and Rankins, for crying out loud. I mean, I don't think that there's – I don't think anybody in our defensive tackle room right now – other than Perion, based on his ability, I don't know. You know, he's obviously we've talked about, it and he knows he needs to mature a little bit as a professional. But from an ability standpoint, I would say he's the only person that's on our roster in that room that you would say is definitely going to be on the roster in 2023. Like, I don't think it's a lock for Jordan Elliott. I don't think it's a lock for Tommy Togiai at all. No, and I think the one thing that Draymond, he let me ask you this. Let's play a little factor fiction. Okay. Factor fiction. Draymond Jones would be is the only target still out there who would be more than a one year deal. Is everybody else old a guys defensive tackle? A tackle. Well, I still think that you could have a DeForest Buckner as a target. So that's via trade, via though. trade. But You're in terms of like free true agency? free agents, everybody else is are most of the rest of them all one and done guys. Uh, possibly Jones could be like a three year guy where he could be around and I think you that, hope. I think you know Sheldon Rankins is. Let's see, he's twenty eight. So he's somebody that could maybe be a little bit of, of a, you know, he could be a couple-year guy. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of somebody that has a chance to come in here and be somewhat of a building block for you, I think that he would be, he, he's, he's, at near the, he's the top of the list, I would imagine, at this point. 
Jesse Bates, fit or not a fit? Of course, a fit, good center field, free safety, but I think that you – I don't think – and I'd be happy to be wrong about it, by the way, but I don't believe there's a world in which you get Draymond Jones and you get Jesse Bates. I think you're going to have to be more judicious with your funds. Yeah, I think I think that's sometimes hard for fans to understand, but, like, we've paid all of our really good players. Right. So there's not that kind of money bouncing around. Poyer, Jordan Poyer. Fit, not a fit. I mean, I would love him. He's kind of more – he can play that true free safety. He's got a nose for the ball. He had four picks and limited action this year as a first-team All-Pro two years ago. I love him. I think he would be great. Um, I think he'd be I, – I would love Jordan Poyer. I think that he is more as he continues to age is probably a little bit more closer to the box than necessarily a true center fielder. Garofalo with this. The Raiders closing in on a deal with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he's on his way to Vegas. Jimmy Vegas. To reunite with Josh McDaniels. Jimmy Vegas. Yeah, Poyer's 32. Poyer's going to be 32 when the season starts. So that's probably not. McCole Hardman, fit or not a fit? Absolutely a fit. And I think you can get him uh, at a discounted rate, one-year prove-it deal uh, with a ton of speed. He was very productive for Kansas City last year before he got hurt. Uh, I think that would be – I like that. I mean, there are receivers that I like more than McCole Hardman. Uh, I think he's a little limited as a receiver, but in terms of speed, vertically, horizontally, stretching the field, all those things, he would give that to you. And because he's coming off an injury, you'd get him for less than you would otherwise. Yeah. Brandon Cooks. Absolutely. Yes. No Watson has played with Watson, has yep. had success with Watson. Absolutely. Yes. But that's a trade. Right. Yeah. You'd have to do that there. Paris Campbell. When I watched Paris Campbell... The speed's there, but he's kind of like a running back. He is. They like throw him. Back. They ran. It's he all was best at Ohio State and, in the slot, like run jet sweeps and quick hitters. He right. got deep too, but like it wasn't like it was different than. I'd like him because he's a weapon, and if you can get him at a nice price, give me all the weapons I can get. Sure, but I don't know that he's like plug and play. We need somebody top off the defense. He doesn't guy. address that. I don't think he's that. Agreed. No. Even though he's got great speed, I mean he's he does. He's just not that. He's not that type of player. He's more of a um, – he's just a weapon. Yep. So, uh, all right, there you go. So, some stuff starting to trickle in here. I, the league is being certainly, to to a certain extent, at the quarterback position, although you've seen the Raiders move on. Um, you're waiting on Rodgers, and then you're waiting on anything with Lamar. Yeah. Yep. That's the other thing that's out there is the Lamar stuff. So, Fowler had the report yesterday that no NFL team is going to make an offer on Lamar. Um, and people are quick to talk about uh, the collusion with it, and I do think there's probably some message that's being sent in terms of guaranteed money and such. But I think another part of it that's maybe not talked about enough is if you saw, if you go after him, you alienate the rest of your room. So we saw this with Matt Ryan. So if you have a young guy that maybe you sort of believe in, but you want to take a swing. And the other thing with Lamar is it's almost like you couldn't offer him a deal unless you had already spoken to the Ravens and said, are you guys going to match this? Yep. Like, it's almost like you have to work and you don't, he doesn't have an agent. Nope. So it's not like you can like go to back the agent channels. and back yep. channel it. Like you have to go directly to him and directly to the Ravens. Like it would be easy. For example, if the Falcons are the team that makes the most sense. You give up two number ones, you get Lamar Jackson, you give him $200 million guaranteed on a four year deal. I'm sure the Falcons would do that tomorrow. But the problem is, is they don't know if Baltimore would match it. So now you've let it be known, if you believe in Desmond Ritter a little bit even, that you were looking to find somebody to replace him. All the while, 
all of your work on a contract is out the window because Baltimore just matched it. Right, you're basically negotiating it for them. It's a, it is a tough situation, a which tough is spot. why they put it in there. But they're they're also, I would say, likely to upset, you know, Lamar in this. It, it's a messy situation. the The fact, though, that there is we live in a league where you're willing to give forty plus million a year to Daniel Jones and not Lamar Jackson, who's been the MVP of the league, to me is insane. Agreed. It's crazy. It is. Yeah. But did you read the Charles Robinson article, by the way, last week, uh, where he talked with three agents about the Lamar situation? And they said, basically, if he had agents, this would not have happened. It wouldn't have gotten to this point because they would have been able to do all the negotiating for him with every other team. And he would know exactly where he stood mm -hmm. now. And part of the problem is they're saying, yeah, he has lawyers who are helping him. But those are not people that have the connections that the top agents in the business have where they can call up a general manager or call up an owner. And yeah. one of the points the guy made is that this is you're talking about ownership level stuff. Yeah. With a franchise quarterback. Bucks. Yeah. So he doesn't have that access. So he's kind of in some ways he's he's like a pilot flying, you know, without instruments. Right. He's flying mm -hmm. blind a little bit. And I think that makes this whole situation much, much tougher. Yeah. It's a it's an absolutely brutal spot, and it's yeah. I mean, the juxtaposition of Daniel Jones getting what he got and Lamar Jackson can't, but it's also the spot that they're in that's allowed for it. I mean, the yep. Ravens now they, it's a hell of a gamble. I guess they're banking on if they do re-sign him or they do match that John Harbaugh, who's played kind of the good cop to DeCosta's bad cop in this the whole time, that he can massage through it. But it feels like There's... a lot to try to massage through. Well, it, it's yes. a thirteen million dollar difference in the tag right like i i can't imagine that he wants to come back and play for that i mean he's get, it goes back to the daniel jones and i get like those are two different situations they are they are i mean daniel jones like what what else are you going to do if you're the giants and that's not an awful contract same with the geno smith one they're not awful contracts i don't know if there's I don't know if I would have done it, but if if that's the only guy that you have, then that's what you have to work with. But the the whole Lamar thing, it's him not having an agent is truly hurting this process for him. No doubt. It's crippled him. And it, it's it it's is. allowed for it's allowed for hurt feelings probably. Totally. Because now you have to say the tough part to him directly or to an attorney as opposed to, to an agent who can massage it. Yes. So and the agent could be the brutal. bad guy. Garoppolo, by the way, getting three years, sixty-seven point five million, including thirty-four million guaranteed from the Raiders. So that's an average of basically twenty-two and a half a year. Um, I think it now becomes a lock that quarterbacks go one and two in the draft because Houston had been reportedly interested in yep. Garoppolo. That's not happening now. Um, I think the most interesting spot in the draft now is three. It's Arizona because you still have. Um, if there are other teams who could now come up to three and try to get the quarterback yep. and to keep him out of the Colts. So the Colts now are in a position where, you know, everyone thought they were going to one with the bears and get the pick quarterback that they want. Now they might get the fourth quarterback. So that Arizona spot has a lot of value. Houston's going to stand pat every, everything last week. It felt like the Carolina did it for Stroud was kind of the feeling last week yeah. around the league that it was a Stroud move. Houston would then theoretically be able to sit and get the guy they want Jeff all Bryce, along yeah. young. Yeah. Um, and then that would leave that third spot with Arizona choosing between Levis and Richardson. Um, but I think it's very likely that by the time we get to the draft, it's quarterback one through four. 
So you think Arizona will move out? I would if I were them. I think they're in a hell of a position to. Yeah, they Do you take a quarterback if you're Arizona? No. Tell no. you what, anecdotally, there is uh, no love for Kyler Murray based on a couple of the Uber drivers that we had. See? They that's such him a, down there. It's such an apathetic franchise, too. You know, like the weather's great. Like, okay, Cardinals are good, bad, whatever. Like, ownership's not great. Like, it just kind of is. It's just so – it's yeah. such an elite place to be. It is, but it's like all of those elite places. Like, they're not – there's so many things to do. I'm not going to get yeah. bogged down by a football team. It's 72 degrees in February. What do I care? I'm a, I'm playing Troon. I'm doing just fine. I'm not I'm not dealing with it. It's beautiful. Um, Mary Kay going to join us coming up at the top of the hour. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Renew your home for the last time with Renew Home Exteriors siding and roofing products. Don't spend all day with high-pressure sales guys. The team at Renew Home Exteriors won't waste your day with hours of negotiating the price of your project. They'll just give you an upfront, fair price to make your project easy. Modernize your home with premium siding, ranging in every style and color. Renew Home Exteriors, superior product, superior service. Visit RenewEstimate.com for more. As we head out on the Twisted Tea, Hard Ice Tea Hotline, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. The great Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com joins us. Mary Kay, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, let's just, we're a couple hours into this thing. Um, is there anything from a Browns perspective that's noteworthy to you other than the Watson restructure in terms of guys going elsewhere that you think maybe they were in on? Well, you know, I, the thing that I'm focusing on right now at the moment is the defensive tackle market is starting to fall. The dominoes are starting to fall. Javon Hargrave signed that blockbuster deal with the 49ers. Uh, you know, so it's, it's starting to happen, and I think that they are still firmly in the mix for Draymond Jones. And I think that's really exciting for the Cleveland Browns and for Browns fans. So, uh, you know, it's something that I actually could see happening. There are other, a lot of other teams interested in him, uh, but I think it's, it's something that has a decent chance of happening. Talk with Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, you mentioned Draymond Jones, you know, coming in. What would kind of the vision be for him? And then if they don't get him, is DeForest Buckner, that's another name I've seen thrown around as a potential trade target, is that somebody that the Browns could be interested in? You know, they might be interested in him, but in the uh, in my dealings in terms of DeForest Buckner, I just have kept hearing that uh, that they don't think that the, um, you know, my sources tell me that they don't think that the Colts will be willing to deal him. To move him. So yep. I, I, you know, I just don't, I just don't know. I mean, he's their best defensive player. I just don't know if that has a realistic chance of happening. But in terms of Draymond Jones, I mean, yep. you're getting really two, two defensive linemen for the price of one. If you can land him, you've got a tackle. You've got an end. You've got someone that I think has tremendous upside potential. He had six and a half sacks last season, missed the last four games. So I think he's a double-digit sacker. I think that he would flourish in Jim Schwartz's scheme, and I think it just would be a dynamite signing for the Browns. Well, and the other the other thing about him is, uh, of course, and I knew him from Ohio State, but I mean, he he's been a great he's a great player. He's a local kid, and it feels like there's mutual affection. Are you hearing that as well? Oh yeah, I got to talk to Draymond on the phone on Saturday. 
he was nice enough to jump on the phone with me. I mean, I think that even tells you something about, yeah. uh, you know, a player's yeah. character that he's willing to, you know, to do an interview like that with his hometown news outlet. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so he did that. He talked about how excited he would be to come back home, how his whole entire family would be over the moon about this. He did emphasize that he's open to any team. He's open to going back to the Broncos, but it really would be cool for him to come back to the land. If, you know, Draymond Jones, it's a bitter's market and the Browns, you know, have their limits of what they can pay. If it's not Draymond Jones, who are some other names we should keep an eye on for the Browns at defensive tackle? Yeah, it's starting, you know, it starts to get a little dicey. You know, you've got Dalvin Tomlinson is still out there. Um, but, you know, you're, you know, you're going to start to run out of uh, the kind of quality prospects that, you know, that you're really going to be looking for. Zach Allen is still out there. Um, you know, David Onyemata uh, signed with the Falcons today. Yep. Uh, so, as, yep. I, as I mentioned, um, you know, it could start to be kind of slim pickings if you don't get the guy that you want. So, uh, you know, hopefully for Browns fans and for Draymond that, uh, you know, that they're hot and heavy in these talks right now and they'll, you know, come up with something soon. When you look at that defensive tackle position, we've covered that. Sounds like Draymond Jones is the guy that the Browns are targeting, and hopefully something can happen imminently. Uh, what other positions are the Browns active in, and, and what names are you hearing, perhaps either at wide receiver or at safety? Well, you know, I was a little bit surprised that they went out to Odell Beckham Jr.'s workout, but as mm -hmm. I've done more due diligence on that, you know, I've come to realize that they, you know, that they were serious about that. This wasn't just something that they were going out there to, you know, update their free agent list. So, um, you know, they have remained in close contact with him. He wants to come back here and play with Deshaun. Uh, so I just wouldn't rule it out. He's looking probably for a lot of money right now. So I don't know if that will happen. I actually think that Elijah Moore from the Jets, if they're still willing to deal him, of course they're still working on oh, their yeah. quarterback situation, but if they're willing to move him, he's somebody that has, I think, a lot of potential uh, to really flourish with a Deshaun Watson, and you can get him uh, you know, at a lot less money than probably uh, you know, some of these other veterans. So you know, he's somebody else that I would look at. Brandon Cooks, you know, I still would look at Brandon Cooks, Yep. Uh, as a trade option because, you know, he's got that natural chemistry with Deshaun. You know those guys would want to play with each other. And you need someone uh, that Deshaun can feel real super comfortable with when he's out there scrambling around and, and trying to find his guy. He would, you know, he would have that natural fit with Brandon. And just a, a quick bit of breaking news, Ian Rappaport, the Texans expected to sign former Patriots and Browns pass rusher Chase Winovich, uh, a source saying. So So Chase Winovich reportedly headed uh, to Houston on that. So that speaks to uh, – and, and this isn't just – we talk so much about the interior, Mary Kay, but it's it's end too. I mean, it, they, they've got a lot of bodies that need to come into that room. And I think one thing that, that it's a little tricky because for the last five years or so when the Browns go to free agency, like they have a checklist, then they go get the guys that check those boxes. But – hamstrung a little bit in that the Browns are paying a lot of their best players and so while you do a restructure with Watson and I guess I'll, I'll start there do you think that more restructures could be on the way with other veterans who are highly paid on this roster you know it just all depends on what they need if, if they need to clear more space and they come up with an opportunity to acquire someone that they didn't necessarily envision uh, right at the outset 
then they will go ahead and dig into another contract and find some money and convert some signing bonus. And it's a win-win for the player because, you know, who doesn't want to get handed, you know, an extra 10 million bucks up front that you didn't know you were going to get right away. So, um, so it's not something that is going to be hard to do in the event they need to do it. Uh, I just think it will be dependent on uh, what comes available to them. Talk with Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, do you expect the Browns to, to get, you know, multiple things done here before the start of the new league year, or do you think it's kind of be a slower process? You know, it, I think they probably will get at least one or two things done that they want to accomplish. I think they're getting pretty close to re-signing Ethan Posick, which didn't seem like that was going to happen when free agency started. Uh, so now it, that looks like a pretty good bet. Uh, I believe they'll do that. And then, you know, maybe they... Hey, Mary Kay, can I just jump in real quick? Well, you yeah. mentioned Posick. Is this going to be a long-term deal? Is this a short-term deal? Because the Browns already have so much money invested on the interior of that offensive line. You know, what's kind of your thought with having Bill Callahan find the next Ethan Posick or a guard, something like that, other as opposed to having three veterans on the interior all on, you know, second contracts? What's that Posick one looking like as from what you're hearing? You know, I'm not 100% certain. I would have to think that they might uh, end up doing a multi-year deal because he can probably get that from someone else. So I, I don't know that he, he would necessarily want to do the one-year deal, although it would give him an opportunity to hit free agency again next year in a less depressed center market. So there could be some incentive to do that. Um, but whatever the case may be, uh, I just think that there is a, a really good chance that he will be back here, and that's a great way to start off free agency because they did not think that they were going to have him. And I think it's important for them to have that center position locked up uh, with a really good player. Mary Kay, from a checklist standpoint, obviously D-tackle at the at the very, very top of that priority. Uh, D-ends there, free safety, got to have that now. Uh, that's got to get in the mix. And then Nathan and I are pretty adamant, speed receiver weapons on offense. What would be your pecking order on that, and where do you think the most likelihood of those issues being solved is? Is it draft, free agency, trade? How are those issues going to get sorted out? Because I think, quite frankly, all of them need to be. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to rank them because they really need all of them. Um, but, you know, I think you can get a defensive tackle in free agency, uh, maybe even a, a defensive end in free agency. I've, met, I've mentioned Yannick. Um, I don't know if he's really high on their list or not, but he can get you the sacks, and that's what they really need. Um, yep. And, you know, in terms of the receiver market, I actually think that you might have better luck uh, in a trade for a receiver than trying to find one in free agency where you know you're really going to overpay so, um, you know, so I think, you know, I would be looking in the trade market, as I mentioned, like an Elijah Moore, who they've kind of had their Great. eye on a little bit back last year when he was disgruntled and wanted to be traded by the Jets. Uh, so that's somebody I, I would look at. But in terms of which what you need, you know, I think the speedy receiver, in my mind, is just as important as these defensive guys. So I've got them all ranked right all across the board next to each other. Yeah. What's the latest with Jesse Bates, or, or what, what, are you, what are you expecting at the free safety spot? Yeah, Jesse Bates has a lot of teams interested in him. You, you know, you hear about him, you know, things heating up a little bit with him and, you know, and the Falcons and some other teams. So I don't know if they're going to be able to, to land him or not. That could be another thing that they're hot and heavy talking about right now because, as you know, he shares an agent with Deshaun Watson. So they've got a great open relationship with David Mugugeta. Uh, that's something that you can 
you know, you can let them go out and, and see what else they can get. And then maybe he calls them back and says, hey, here's what we have. You know, before you do anything, give us a call back. So, you know, that's something I think that you need to keep an eye on. And if they don't get him, there are several other safeties that you can look at. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson from the Eagles, he does a lot. I mean, he yep. uh, he had six interceptions and he didn't even play. I can't even remember. He missed like three games or something like that or the last three or four games. But, uh, you know, he tackles really well. He had 61 solo tackles last year. Uh, you know, he's somebody that I bring, I think brings a lot of fire there in the back end. So, I, you know, I wouldn't rule him out either. Uh, you know, it's a pretty decent safety market. Is there a name out there that we haven't really heard much about that that Browns fans should should keep an eye on or do some some learning about? You know, I really don't have anybody like that on my list right now. I I pretty much have been kind of saying everything and writing everything sure. uh, that I know. Um, so yeah, at this point, no. But I I will say I am sure that they have some of those sleeper guys that they have been looking into. And, you know, they could sign one of those guys at, at any given time. And, uh, and you know, it, I just wouldn't be surprised. They've probably got three or four guys that they've been looking at that, you know, that we haven't really put out there yet. Mary Kay, great stuff. Thank yes, you thank so you. much for your time. Uh, dialed in, as always, and greatly appreciated on a busy day. Thanks so much for having me, guys. All right, that's Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland.com, joining on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Uh, Winovich, to, any any surprising there on that? No, I, he reunites with Nick Cesario, who obviously must have liked him from their time in mm -hmm. New England when he was drafted in the third round. If you don't rem remember, he had a great game against Houston. He yeah. had that pressure tip that led to the pick six for Tony Fields. Um I like him. I'm going to miss him. He's a great interview. Great guy to have around the building. Uh, I'm going to miss Chase Winovich. I wish him well. Houston also bringing in Case Keenum for his third stint with that. the Texans yeah. as well. It just feels like the Texans, if you played for the Browns at some point, you'll end up playing for the Texans. It does. MJ a lot Stewart of that. is back with yeah. them. They had Kirko for all those years. Money Mitch was there for a while. I mean, like, it's just. Yeah, a lot of familiar faces, certainly, when, yeah. when you see them. So there's uh, are starting to be some moves here trickle in in the last couple hours. Seems like every five minutes or so there's one of note. Yep. Um, we will we'll keep you posted on all of that. You'll hear from our special teams coordinator, Bubba Ventrone, coming up next. And then uh, Ben Albright going to join us at the bottom of the hour. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. New way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns and help your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. This goes back to Thursday. Special teams coordinator Bubba Ventrone at the podium. Let's have a listen. Hey, Bubba. Welcome back. Um, just, just wondering, uh, when you've looked over so far the Browns' special teams, uh, what do you think of Cade York? What do you think of his upside uh, as you look to the 2023 season and what else kind of gets you excited about what you have and what Browns fans are going to see on your special teams this coming season? Sure. I'll start with Cade's uh, first. It's not too often that you get to actually coach a guy that you rank coming out of, out of college at the highest at that position. So last year grading, you know, all the specialists, the kickers, the punters, I had Cade at the highest. Uh, I'm fortunate to be able to be able to coach him this year. Um, so I think that, you know, he obviously can improve and we're going to just 
coach them up and we're going to be, we're going to be, you know, as, as, as good as we can in the kicking phase. Um, I would say as far as the, the core group, it's a talented group overall. It's a talented group overall. I see a lot of upside here, both as, you know, with the ball handlers we have currently on the roster. And, you know, I would say the guys that are, you know, contributing in the big four phases, coverage units and in the blocking phases. So I'm excited to work with this group. Hey, Bubba, welcome back to Cleveland. Um, how has your experience as a player being a core special teamer made you a better coach? Like I said earlier, I feel like I have a good understanding of the techniques that are played within the scheme. You know, I've actually done it, you know, in my career. I, that's all I did, really. So I feel like I have maybe a little bit more insight to, I would say, maybe the the true, you know, intricacies of the techniques. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big, 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 and we will drill it to death, is the fundamentals of the game. Footwork, hat placement, you know, playing with the base. I'm going to emphasize that at nauseum to our players. And ultimately, that's going to get us the best results. You can't do anything unless you have good fundamentals and technique. And that starts, you know, from day one. And the rules these days seem to tilt the game against punt and kick returns, but your units have been really successful uh, in that uh, area. Can you maybe explain why uh, that is? Does it just simply come down to uh, technique and, and teaching technique? Yeah, this past year we had a young a young group in, uh, in Indianapolis. We drilled the crap out of their footwork on kickoff return and our drops. We ended up leading the league in kickoff return because we executed our techniques well and we ran basic returns the entire season. I feel like the same, you know, parallels show up whenever you're talking through the punt unit, good footwork. You, you know, you can handle any type of rush in protection as long as you have those fundamentals and technique to be able to allow you to, you know, see those different types of exotic looks. Hey, Bubba, what would you say are your most vivid and or favorite memories of the time you spent in Cleveland? What's up, Scott? Most vivid memory. Just talked about this with Chad O'Shea as I was walking down the stairs. Is beating New England in 2000 and it had to be 2010. Yeah, we, we beat them up pretty good. I know it's that's an obviously a, a really hard team to play against every season. So it was it was a big win um, in that game. I, I remember I recovered a fumble off a muff a muff kick in that game. Yeah, well, as long as we're talking about the Patriots. I'm sure it's a ton, but like, what are a couple things from being around Coach Belichick so long that you apply in your role? So, you know, I, I credit Bill a, a huge amount to everything that I've had, you know, the success that I've had. He actually texted me this morning to congratulate me on the job. Um, you know, Bill really has given me my foundation for learning the kicking game. He and Brad Sealy both have a huge influence in the things that I do and you know how I coach the game, how I call the game, how I see the game. And, you know, they just, they just give me a lot of insight and direction and opportunity. You know, Bill gave me opportunities as a player and as a coach, as did Brad. So, you know, I'm going to use everything that I've learned from them and hopefully make this group, you know, one that we can be proud of. Hey, Bubba, nice to meet you. Um, I had another Cade York question. I know Cade is kind of a self-described perfectionist. He talked about maybe getting too hung up on his technique later in the season uh, with some of his misses last year. So I'm wondering just what it's like to work with a player that has that personality type that wants to be perfect at that specific position. Yeah, the the kicking position, I feel like the the best guys, the guys that are the most successful, the best kickers, I've, and I've been around quite a bit, 
Phil Dawson, Vinatieri, uh, Gaskowski, the guys that I've coached in, you know, in, in, in Indianapolis, Chase this past year had a good year, Badgley. Those guys have done a good job of putting, you know, misses to bed, you know, moving on, not being so caught up in missing a kick. It's how fast you can make this, the correction and then move on to the next kick. So, you know, I haven't had a chance to sit down and actually meet with Cade, but that'll be one of the things that I'm going to influence for him. Hey, Bubba, uh, you know, you obviously played it. You've coached it. What what makes a great special teams player? Hmm. I'd say the traits that you look for in special teams players, you want to have aggressive, tough, smart, disciplined players, you know, that understand how the game is being officiated and how the game needs to be played. The kicking game is completely different than any other facet of the game, offense and defense. It's extremely different than the college kicking game, which is completely different overall. So when these young players come into the NFL, they really have no idea what they're getting themselves into. So there's a lot of teaching that goes along. And that's why those meetings in the spring and then into training camp into the season are so important, especially for those young players, because they're they're getting taught all these new techniques that they've never seen before, never even have experienced at all in their careers. And while they're trying to still you know, learn the offensive playbook, the defensive playbook. And now they're learning a completely different facet of the game in the, in the, uh, in the kicking game. So, you know, those are, those are the things I look at. All right. Good stuff with Bubba Ventrone. That's from his introductory press conference yesterday or last week, rather on Thursday. And we should have him in the studio Hopefully. soon. Be nice. Be nice to have him in here. Have a yeah. little, have a little chat. Always good to have a chat with our good buddy, Benjamin Albright. He joins us coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Rods Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Time to head out on that Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea Hotline official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Our great friend, one of the best NFL insiders you'll find, radio host KOA in Denver, Benjamin Albright, joins us. Well, we're, what are we, two and a half hours into this thing. Anything surprising for you so far before we get into some of the specifics? Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's surprising to the league uh, or, or to fans of the league, rather, as a whole, how much uh, in, interior offensive linemen and interior defensive linemen seem to be getting on the open market thus far. And that's, you know, a bit of a course correction from previous years. So it's, it's interesting to see the big money that uh, that's getting handed out on the interior lines right now. All right, let's talk about the Broncos. They've made some moves. Big one at tackle, brought in a backup quarterback as well. What do you, what's kind of your take on those moves for Sean Payton? And then also, uh, what can you tell us about the reporting that they could be moving a wide receiver? Well, let's start with uh, let's start with the signings. Uh, Mike McGlinchey at right tackle, Ben Powers at left guard. Uh, yep. I think both are good signings. I don't know that they necessarily may have overpaid a little for McGlinchey, but they sort of had to because the the Chicago Bears were also in the market there. Um, I, I think both go to help fix a line that was 
uh, charitably in flux last year, and, and hopefully that'll shore it up. They still get some work to do. The center position isn't where it needs to be. And, um, you know, I left tackle with Garrett Bowles. They may ride with that another year, but eventually they're going to have to figure out something there. Uh, in terms of Jared Stidham, uh, I think that speaks a lot about Russell Wilson. Russ is on a one year yeah. audition. Uh, and that's not to say that Stidham is. That's not to say Stidham is going to be a you know a starter, a surefire starter, but uh, he certainly has experience, and and that puts Russ on the button. You know, you're on a one year audition for Sean Payton, and uh, honestly, you don't make it that far, they might punt. So um, that that says that. As far as uh, uh, you know, the kind of the rest of it goes, and where this team stands, I mean, it's it's firmly in Sean Payton's control now. And the reports on the receivers, Ben, what do you, that they could be willing to move one is. Are you aligned with that as well? That they could move off one of those guys. Oh, 100 percent. Specifically, Cortland Sutton. They're they're shopping him pretty hard. Uh, Jerry Judy, I I doubt it. Um, For the right price, maybe they get a big enough price tag. AJ Hamler could probably be had, Um, but I I think Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy are probably staying. Uh, The the rest of them, you know, they're they're shopping pretty hard. We 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 knew that back at the combine, and you know, I run into Matt Berry and talked to him a little bit about it and all that kind of stuff. So. What do you think of uh, Draymond Jones? A lot of talk about the Browns and Draymond Jones. He was with the Broncos last year, six and a half sacks, obviously a productive player from Cleveland. Uh, is that one of the things that you're hearing and, and anything else about the Browns? Well, yes. Uh, I, I think Draymond is squarely in the Brown sights. I, I think they're, um, I don't know if I want to say front runner, but certainly out there out front. Um, you know, he, he wants to be in Denver. I just don't think the economics of the situation work. Um, you know, you look at the, the other teams that would be involved in this, obviously Chicago Bears, uh, you guys, and then uh, you know, I don't know that I put it out there before. I tried to hint at it with a Carmine Falcone graphic, but the Atlanta Falcons as well. Um, they are uh, all in pursuit of Draymond Jones. I think he's going to get paid. So if you're not willing to pay close to you know 18 to 20 million per, then I wow. uh, then then I would suggest being out of that. But he um, you know he's going to get paid, and I I would not be surprised at all to see Cleveland uh, be the one to do it. So we obviously familiar with him a great deal from his time at Ohio State, and he's a local kid as well. Um, in terms of what he was on the field in Denver and justifying that eighteen to twenty million dollar price tag, where does that all align? Well, let's start with the off field. Um, there's nothing. He's you know pretty squeaky clean guy, nice guy. He's a fun interview. You guys are going to have fun if he does sign up there. Have fun talking to him. Real dry wit. On the field, uh, the production comes in bunches. You know, and part of that has been the scheme that he's been in, uh, where he's been asked to play slightly out of position at times. Um, You know, he he beat up on guys that were uh, significantly less talented than him. The bulk of his sacks and his sack total stuff came against, you know, the Jets, the Colts, the Jags, teams like that that uh, didn't exactly have great offensive line play going on. Um, He didn't have a lot of talent around him rushing the passer. And and in the previous scheme that he was in, they weren't really concerned with sending a lot of pressure at any given time. I think if he can find a scheme where – uh, they are doing that, and he's got talent around him to be able to do that. I think he'll be better. Um, very good at getting pressure, but he's more along the lines of a pass rusher. I think the weakness to his game would be uh, you know, sitting there and, and making sure you've got gap contained in the run game. Uh, but definitely an upfield pass rusher and, and definitely gets production. So that would be what Jim Schwartz wants out of that position. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately the Browns probably will add a bigger body next to him, somebody they can either find in the draft later on or in free agency on like a cheaper one-year deal in that defensive tackle room. Beyond it, Draymond, you know, are there any defensive tackles that you're hearing also linked to the Browns or just anybody else that you've heard kind of on the Browns' radar at this point? 
Uh, you know, not at the moment. Obviously, the big name, you know, already went. And then you've got, uh, you know, some other guys that have, that have been kicking around there. I don't think that, uh, you know, you always are obviously familiar with Sheldon Rankins. That's not going to happen. Sure. So, um, you know, I think that uh, in, in terms of focus and who's out there in the premier level in the A and B tiers of defensive tackles, Draymond seems to be the one you would have circled as the best scheme fit for Jim Schwartz. Yeah, he certainly would. As, as we take a, a step back and look at the league from a bigger picture, um, and, and in your own division, uh, the, the Raiders going with Jimmy Garoppolo, he gets reunited with Josh McDaniels, who of course was in, in Denver previously. Um, when you think about what has happened at the top of the draft, even with the Bears trading out and going with Carolina, how do you, how do you see all this quarterback roulette playing out here over the next couple of weeks? Well, I think that you know there's two dominoes out there that are that are kind of interesting, and that's Aaron Rodgers and, and him making the Jets wait uh, on that decision, and then Lamar Jackson. I think everybody freaking out over people not offering Lamar a contract just yet. Need to chill out. It's like the first week; they've got plenty of time, and, and Baltimore can match anything that they put out there. So, a lot of these teams are hanging on to their money and waiting to see how some of this stuff shakes out. Uh, at the top of the draft, Carolina moving up. I mean, you know, it's going to put C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. And uh, and Anthony Richardson uh, firmly out of reach of just most most teams, and then Will Levis, you know, right there as well. You could, um, you know, potentially have by the Raiders pick, but that's about it. So if you want to get up there and get a quarterback, you need to trade with the Arizona Cardinals now uh, yeah. because those quarterbacks are going to be gone, and all four of those guys are going to be gone in the top ten. So. Yeah, I think they could all be gone in the top five by the yeah. time this is all said and done, Ben. You mentioned uh, Rodgers. It felt like the Jets thing. I remember talking to you at the comment, like, well, this could get done soon with the Jets. Maybe by the weekend we all thought that was pretty common, and now we're still sitting here waiting on this. Uh, it does feel like it's Jets to retirement, I guess. What's taking so long? Well, and those are the options. Jets are retirement. The Packers don't want him back, uh, and I don't think I think he's kind of starting to realize that. I was told, and I, I can't confirm this. This is unsubstantiated rumor stuff, but I was told that there's a mechanism in his contract about a bonus that he needed to wait for a certain date, um, oh. and so that's sort of what was going on. Now I'm not a hundred on that, so again, that's that's I want to make sure everybody knows that speculation. But that was told to me by somebody who uh, I think would be in a position to to know the details of that contract. So. Um, from what I understand, I think that's it. I, I do believe he's going to the Jets, um, and, but you know, at this point in time, sitting there making making those players wait over there in New York, telling them you're all in and making them wait, makes them think you're not, you know. And then you're gonna go in yep. there to locker room. It's like, well, is this guy all about himself? So that's uh, that's something. I, I certainly know what it's like to sit there through the Aaron Rodgers drama and wait on him, and then have him not yeah. show. So I can I can definitely get that. Ben, we've heard that Elijah Moore, a very talented receiver of the Jets, who was a little unhappy last year, somebody who could maybe be on the move. It would make sense to me if you were getting Aaron Rodgers that you would want to keep all of your weapons there. Is Are you hearing anything about Elijah Moore? I've heard stuff about Corey Davis. I really hadn't heard a whole whole heck of a lot about Elijah Moore, so I don't. Okay. Uh, I couldn't confirm that. Uh, it's just it's it's of interest to me how much uh, dissatisfaction Jets receivers have had over the last few years. They yeah. all want get over there, they sign contracts there, and then they want out practically immediately. So uh, something to kind of keep your eye on there. Is there a is there you mentioned we were, you mentioned the Lamar Jackson thing? How it's it's not the trick. It's such a tricky thing because. You know, Baltimore can match anything at any point, and so they're almost the league's negotiating the contract for them. Uh, but at the same point, there is a human element to this, and there's a lot that's been played out publicly between him and the Ravens. Do you think that there is a path back for him to, in Baltimore, despite all of this? 
Yeah, I mean, there's always you know money cures all, right? Money and winning cures all. So I, you know, I mean, I think there's a there's a path back. Um, I just think that it's it's tough right now because the Ravens have repeatedly gone out of the way to say, look, we don't think you're worth five years, two fifty, fully guaranteed. We just don't. Uh, we don't care what Cleveland did with Watson. We don't think you're worth that. Um, and so you know, they're like, okay, well, we've come to a stalemate. We're throwing the tag and the transition tag out here. We'll let the market set the market. Well, now you've got a bunch of teams that aren't you know that know that Baltimore can match, so they're not going to sit there and help baltimore out by you know by trying to do that so you know i think it's i think it's a tough situation right now i think it's worse before it gets better but i think it can get better do you think that if lamar had an agent one of the high-powered agents that you know i don't know if you read the charles robinson article but it felt like they made a pretty compelling case that having an agent to actually be talking directly to the other owners would have allowed him to to really understand his market value better than the situation he's found himself in now Oh, 100%, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I get that players are trying to save money, and the maximum an agent can charge in the NFL is 3%, 3%. of the total deal, right? Most yeah. of them don't charge that, especially the big guys. They, they, they undercut each other, and you're down about 1%. But the, the value that an agent brings is just worth it. Um, they can do things you can't do. They can back-channel things, work deals, um, you know, put, get different guys on the line and bidding against themselves. And these are things that just Lamar's just not capable, does, doesn't understand the business aspect uh, of the game and how the stuff is played out so having it is a mistake for a player in the modern nfl to go without an agent even if you're trying to learn the ropes and become one shadow your own agent uh and, and become one later yeah it's uh, yeah it just seems like a no-brainer and it, it's hard to find a, a path for it which quite frankly is fine what do you make of this eckler story today by the way uh speaking of your division that you're familiar with him uh, him wanting a trade out of la well, I, yeah, I mean, he does. I don't think he he recognizes that he's probably not the, the best fit for the new offense. He's kind of tired of the situation with, um, you know, working behind a subpar offensive line and creating stuff out of nothing. Um, I think he recognizes that his value could best be used elsewhere. The problem is, is with the contract that he's on, getting a trade somewhere else is going to be an extremely limited market. Uh, and so it's going to be tough for them to actually work out a deal as far as that kind of stuff goes. That's another one we talked about, Jets receivers being disgruntled. You know, Chargers running backs being disgruntled has, has yeah. sort of been a thing. Melvin Gordon managed to finally get his way out of, out of there, and you know, obviously he was in Denver and then Kansas City. Uh, Eckler going to, you know, going to be the next one to force his way out of there. And so uh, it's just going to be tough because that, that market, uh, they, they can absorb the contract, afford to trade the picks, and has the need for that kind of running back is, is fairly limited. It's going to be interesting because he is a talented player. I mean, obviously, when you can score touchdowns at the rate that he has and you know lead the league in receptions, yards, and receiving touchdowns as a running back, he can help somebody. But that's a – you're right. That's an interesting one. We're just hoping that he stays – get him – send him to the NFC. That's fine. I like Eckler. I always thought he's a, a very talented, talented guy. All right, anything else you're hearing? Just kind of big picture. doesn't have to involve the Browns at all. Anything interesting that you're hearing right now? Uh, a lot of teams are holding their money. Teams you would think would be out there spending are holding their money right now, looking for value, you know, kind of wave two, wave three type free agency stuff. So it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, even though the Bears were committed to the offensive line, they're kind of holding back on the money right now. So uh, it, it's interesting to see the teams that have big, big money available to them aren't necessarily out there spending. Let me throw one name at you and see if what you've heard on him, McCole Hardman. Ah, yeah. There's a there's a couple teams out there that are interested. Um, from what I understand, uh, most of the most of the teams that have been out there interested haven't been teams he necessarily wanted to go to, a la Houston. Um, yep. But there, you know, I, I, there, there was a mention of the Browns in there. I don't know if that how serious that is, but uh, getting that straight line speed out there it does help. It dictates coverages, and I always say how valuable that is.
Yeah, it is. Always great talking to you, bud. Thanks so much for your time, as always. Absolutely, guys. Take care. All right, that's NFL Insider. Host of KOA in Denver, Benjamin Albright, joining us on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea, an official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. It does feel like it has slowed, that there was a flurry there right around noon that lasted, I don't know, about an hour and a half, and now it seems like it's quieted a little bit. And um, uh, we did get the Sione Taki Taki deal done, uh, uh, reportedly. By Mary Kay. Well, she said in the next few days it should get done. One year, two and a half million dollars for Talk to come back. And talks that makes me very it happy. It makes me happy for him. I just wonder when he's going to be ready to play. Yeah. Yeah. Legitimate. I mean, that I mean, was, I'd like when to see did Anthony that injury, Walker back as that, well. When did he get hit? Was it Houston? De- is that December? It was Houston. It was Watson's first game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, like, that's a. It was certain. I mean, there were six games. This is what, our 12th game of the year? Yeah. So, yeah, late. Um, That'll be interesting to see. I, I'd I'd love to see Anthony Walker come back too. To be honest with you, yeah, I mean, I, for sure, would love to. I I'll tell you, it doesn't. I think you know Ben said this in the interview. Like the more, it's not as fast and furious as I think people thought it would be. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, it. I think I think we kind of go through that every year. You get all this excitement about free yeah. agency, and then there's a, an initial wave, and then things kind of sort out over the next few days and weeks. Uh, and you know, the best values come on not day one guys. Day one yeah. guys come at a huge premium, uh, and it's not often that those things work out. Is the truth of it? Yeah. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't. And some, you know, for example, a guy like Chandler Jones, you send him to where he'd been so productive in Arizona and New England before that. He goes to the Raiders. He's always oh, opposite Max Crosby. They're going to be elected. And he just had a down year. I mean, it's just free agency is hard. How people fit with schemes sometimes can be difficult, uh, but. You know, you've got holes and they've got to be addressed through a combination of, in this case for the Browns, a combination of free agency, the draft, and and maybe some trades. And that's where Andrew Barry's been so good. And even John Dorsey before him is in the trade market. You surprised the Garopp? What are the Raiders doing? That they're not tanking? Because obviously Garoppolo's. I mean, I don't think you can tank when you've got Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs. Can you? I mean, that feels like a team that isn't tanking. That feels like a team that feels offensively as though they can compete um, so they view i could say clearly view garoppolo as an upgrade over Carr, or at least a net neutral and he's 10 million a year cheaper 10 million cheaper so they can try to add some other things right yeah because you're, you're not a contender in any way no and you're at best third in that division in preseason rankings at best yeah. and most likely it, fourth and the other thing is with garoppolo i mean there's it you know, just like Kyle found out. I mean, there's a ceiling to what that can be. And when you're playing against Herbert and Mahomes four times a year. Yeah. And that's part of your operation. That's tough. Um, go ahead. From this from Dave Lombardi, the list of players who have suited up for the, both the 49ers and the Raiders is illustrious. Listen to this list. It's actually pretty good. Jerry Rice. Well, the, I mean, Rice and Lott right away. Jerry Rice, Jim Plunkett, Ronnie Lott, Roger Craig, Rod Woodson. I would not have had that. Charlie Garner. I didn't Garner. know Woodson played for the Niners. Me neither. I remember with the Raiders. Charlie Garner, who was yeah. electric. Yeah. Alden Smith. Randy Moss. Tom Rathman. Wow, Randy. So was Randy, was it Minnesota to the Raiders, then to the Patriots I for the rest that's of right. resuscitation? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I believe that's right. Tom Rathman, Bill Romanowski. Rathman, wow. And now Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that's a pretty good, that's, well, that's I mean, pretty solid. You're probably the starting strong safety on the all NFL team is lot and the starting receivers, Jerry Rice. So that's right. the fact that they both did. It starts there as a pretty good yeah. uh, jumping off point uh, for that. Um, 
and yeah, so you you wait on Rodgers. That's an interesting tidbit on Ben. He said it's pure speculation, but it nevertheless it's relatively educated speculation if we know Ben a little bit. Yep. Um, that Rodgers could be waiting on some sort of date with a contract before anything happens there. Uh, but those things are blowing in the wind. And if for some reason he retires and flakes out on the Jets, they've missed out on everybody else. They've got nothing. Because they were the front runners for Carr. They were right in the mix on him. They were interested in Garoppolo. Now those guys are gone. They would have nowhere else to turn if Rodgers doesn't come to fruition. You can't run back Zach Wilson now. No, no. And Mike White is gone. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. I mean, maybe throw Jacoby Brissett in there. I feel like he, he could. Yeah, he, he but I mean, go Zach Wilson. Right. Yeah, no, I I don't think you're ever going back to that. That feels like that's done. So much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Pretty quiet here, buddy, in the last hour or so. Yeah, not a whole lot. You're not up. Not a whole lot going on. Uh, This just in from Tom Pelissero, not us. Not us. The Bengals are re-signing linebacker Jermaine Pratt, three years, $21 per source, 10.35 in year one, 15.5 over two, started 54 career games, now stay in Cincinnati. That was one of the guys we got right. That was one of our pre-draft guys that we wanted. Yeah, we liked him. And and he's ended up being Um, a pretty productive player for them. From Trey Wingo, hearing Rodgers to the Jets is done. Wingo. 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 Still in the mix. Wingo. Out there battling. Maybe he's fishing for something. Because he's not. But Wingo He doesn't work for anybody, does he? Rodgers to the Jets is done. History about to repeat itself between New York and Green Bay. Time is indeed a flat circle. This is a 252, so. Well, one of the other things about Wingo is because of what he did for so many years at that level, he would. there's no question he'd have access to people that. Oh, you know, yeah. Would give him stuff. So he would definitely have that. I mean, I think most of us assume that that was the case, that it was Jets or not. Yep. There's really no other way for it to go. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, it just this conference is an absolute monster. I mean, now you're going to have in the, in the East, Buffalo, Miami, if they can get a quarterback, and, Gre- and the, I was going to say Green Bay and the Jets. In our division, you've got Cincinnati, you've got us, maybe Baltimore. The West, everybody. Well, I'd write out Las Vegas, but yeah. Kansas City, the Chargers, and Denver with Sean Payton. And then in the AFC South, you got the Jags. So right. that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe ten teams that think like we could win think, the Super if Bowl. If things go our, correctly, we could win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a lot. Lots in one lot. conference and in the NFC, it's the Niners, Eagles. the Eagles, yeah. Cowboys. Talk yourself Ish. into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. I, he did not need to come in this. No. Um, all right, the next level coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.